0: Welcome back to the podcast. This is a very special crossover podcast. I am on both platforms. Some people know me as part of the Uncle Marv podcast, which is a podcast for friends, family and almost famous people. Others of you know me as the host of the Podnuts Pro podcast, which is a tech podcast for IT business owners, managed service providers, Solo techs and biz, uh, computer repair techs, all that good stuff. And we share tips and stories all in an effort to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. Tonight and Wednesday, we are going to be doing a special show. My good friends that are here with me, Renee and Vitz, Zero, are on the show tonight. And we're going to be chatting, oh... About some friendly family type stuff, and then we'll talk tech and we will talk about what it takes to hire an executive or C level position. So that's what we've got going on. Guys, how are we doing tonight?
1: Doing well, Marv. Thanks for asking. How about you? <laughs> we're
0: doing good. Why'd you get so soft spoken? <laughs> like we're on CNN. <laughs> Entire- I, thought, I,
2: thought there was no, I thought there was no political
0: crossovers, Mark. <laughs> there wasn't, but it was just funny, just like, hi, how are you?
2: <laughs> I like that voice when we're it. it.
0: Oh, my goodness gracious. So I should probably let people know that even though I mentioned that we're doing the crossover for both podcasts, some people I know from the personal side – kind of don't know what a podcast is still after all this time. So for those of you that are just joining for the very first time or second time, and you're trying to figure out what this is. So a podcast is basically an audio program, kind of like radio. And most of the time it's audio only. You'll find it on your smartphone or tablet in an app like the Apple Podcasts or the Google Podcasts, Spotify, even if you have an old iTunes account and you can subscribe to a show and follow it. And it could be any type of show. It can be a show like this. It can be a horror show, a movie show. There's a topic for everything. Just like there's an app for everything. There is a podcast on just about every topic out there. So that's what this is. And so I've got uh, basically both shows. And if you want to know more For the Uncle Marv podcast, you head over to UncleMarv.com. If you are watching live or watching on the video later, I've got the link up there. If you are listening in audio, you can go to either UncleMarv.com or you can go to PodNutsPro.com and I will have all the information you need, including links for the shows. You can go back and listen or watch old episodes on either platform. There's some other things you can do on the sites, but that's where you want to go to get all of your information, all your information on either podcast going forward. But with that, let's uh, get into the guests that we have tonight. So Renee and Vince. I'm not going to do a super proper introduction because we'll save that for the other day. Um, let's start with, I've got your mug here. Nice. Very nice. I wish I had one of those. ReneeVincent.com, a nice Yeti mug. And,
1: and I have yours here, Marv.
0: And there is an MB Systems mug. You have the, I believe that's the the 2010 edition, white with the blue interior. And Vince has the 2015 edition, the all black.
2: That's retro. So. <laughs> all right. It's a, it's, it's Renee Vincent dot win Marv. What did I say? I don't remember, but not that.
0: Well, I'll do this. I'll put a proper link up on the show board right there. So Renee Vincent dot win. And uh, that will be the correct link in the show notes. So you guys can go and visit that and see what they're all about. But um, let's first talk about, so Renee This is I I have to keep catching myself because your name that I gave you many, many years ago is Frappaport. So I always have to remember that. And no, we're not going to explain why that is. But just if you if you hear me slip throughout the show, that will be why. But uh, Renee, you were down in Florida just recently last week. You guys live in Georgia, but you were in Florida doing the college tours. Is that correct?
1: Yes, our youngest, our baby girl, um, Sophie, who's 17, um, is a senior in Cambridge High School here in Milton, Georgia, and it's time for her to be looking. Mm. So she had several in Florida and um, we went down there to take some tours.
0: Very nice. Do you yeah. guys it have nice weather. Do you guys have a college you would like her to attend or are you letting her do this all on her own?
1: She's, she's being very independent and she's doing it all on her own. She's already been accepted to, to I think three or four colleges has already received a number of scholarships. We're really, really proud of her, um, that she's taken the initiative. Um, this time last year, she would have told you she's, she hates school and she's not ever going to college, um, based off of a year of COVID and online learning. It was, quite challenging for her. So um, we're just delighted that she's made application. She's done it all on her own. And um, we're just trying to facilitate so that she can see where she wants to land. So.
0: All right. And Vince, as uh Papa bear of the family, how is it to see the, the young girl getting ready to head out of the house?
2: Well, as long as she takes her dog with her, then it will be <laughs> fantastic. So the, uh, you know, I, I think for for Renee and I, you know, we have we have six children, and three grandchildren at this point, and the you know the idea of heading into being an empty nesters and having less pets in the house is something that uh, we're looking forward to. Uh traveling potentially, that kind of stuff. All right. So I'd be glad to get her going and get her out and spread her wings, and and uh, she's uh she's a hardworking individual, so she'll do great.
0: All right, now what type of dog does she have that you want to get out of the house?
2: She's got a uh, it's a it's a it's a mutt, it's like a uh, a hound Labrador mix maybe something like that. She's a res- it's a rescue dog, uh, Button, and uh, he was uh, part of a, pr- a really horrible situation. They had a like, hundred dogs, and they were literally at the point of like eating each other. And he was a he was a pup. He was about seven months old when we. Him and he was about half his uh, supposed to body weight, and um, completely unsocialized. But he's turned out to be uh, actually a very good dog. But um, you know, at, at one point we had you know, uh, three dogs, we had a cat in the house, three tortoises, a hedgehog, we owned a horse, and you know it, it was uh, it was quite uh, like a petting zoo here at home. So we we're trying to head in the other direction.
0: Okay, I, I gotta ask. Most of that list sounded okay until you got to hedgehog.
2: Yeah, so I didn't even know hedgehogs were real. I uh you know I knew about Sonic hedgehog and, and Sophie, who's our animal lover, she one Christmas was uh for a hedgehog. And so I had to do some research. I didn't know what they really were. Um but they turn out to be kinda of cool little animals so like shrews and they have like almost like a not like a porcupine back, but they have like a prickly self-defense back and, and, uh, I found some, uh, farmer who sells, uh, livestock, whose wife on the side sold, uh, hedgehogs. And so Renee and I, and met them and Renee picked out this hedgehog and, and they're actually, I highly recommend them as a pet for your children because they're nocturnal. So if you have them in the kids room yeah, they never make any noise and they, and they, um, you know, just eat some cat food and they're super low maintenance. And it was actually a great little pet. I think for about seven years, that thing lived mm. thereabouts.
0: So my knowledge of hedgehogs comes from the show naked and afraid.
2: You guys ever watched that okay. show?
1: Can't say that. I have. Okay.
2: Every night, Marv <laughs> <laughs> I have seen it before. Yes,
0: that is a, that is a pretty intense show. And they usually end up in areas where they've got to catch some sort of animal, and sometimes there's a hedgehog
2: involved. And
0: I hear they're quite gamey.
2: Oh, to eat? Uh, they're, they're little. I mean, I don't know how much meat you're getting off of a hedgehog, right? Oh, That's, uh, Yeah. The uh, we have a uh, two adopted daughters from Russia, and and I guess in Russia they're quite common. And they would say they would go to camp, and they would be running around camp at night. Hedgehogs. Mm -hmm. Georgics.
1: Georgics.
0: That's that's what they're called in Russia? I believe so. (laughs) I
1: believe I got that right.
0: (laughs) Okay. Don't get me in trouble. Somebody will
2: fact check and then come back. (laughs) Be like, your friend was wrong. (laughs) If it's not that, I'm sure it's a curse word. (laughs) All right. So we should probably tell everybody
0: how we met because uh, on the Uncle Marv show, usually I am interviewing people that some people haven't seen for sometimes 30 plus years. So let us do that. I knew Frappaport, well, sort of, <laughs> back in high school, Satellite Beach High. Uh, Renee, why don't you kind of give us a little history lesson of your days in Satellite and then we'll ease into you're meeting Vince.
1: Okay. Well, I was originally from Atlanta where, you know, I'm living back again in the northern suburbs. Um, but I had moved down to Satellite Beach um, and started at Delora Junior High and then went on to Satellite High School and um, part of the Scorpions. Um and um, for those of you that aren't familiar we're satellite beach, it's a barrier Island and it's down from Cocoa beach or the space capital there at Cape Canaveral. And um, we had lovely weather and outdoor lockers. And if we happened to see that the waves were good from the upstories, we tended to have a little truancy issue and uh, we all headed over to the beach, but it was a good life in a small town. And, um, We've created bonds there that have been quite surprising. After all these years, it's still a small town getting a little bit larger, but people come home and come back together. And there's a lot of um, lifelong friendships that have been made there. And that's where I met Uncle Mark.
0: Yay. Now, we didn't know each other. We didn't know each other at Delora, I don't think, did we?
1: I don't believe so. And you're what, one year or two years ahead of me?
0: I don't know. I've been told a lot of things. 85.
1: Yeah. So one year ahead of me.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. And you are from Atlanta. So my wife actually worked in Atlanta for a couple of years and brought her family down. And they kind of, she was in the Woodstock area, Marietta area, Sandy Springs area. So where are you now in relation to those
1: places? Well, originally I was in Sandy Springs oh. and now we're in Milton, which still might be considered a fledgling city to some, um, but it is right next to Alpharetta.
0: Alpharetta, and okay. we kind of
1: um, started our own city about, is it Kosh, 12 years ago now?
2: Like 17 years ago, something like that. Yeah, With
1: that long, I'm terrible with, with you
0: guys, years. You guys broke away? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm.
2: We were were unincorporated Alpharetta, so we're all the way in North Fulton County. So Fulton County goes from the airport all the way up to um, Alpharetta-Milton, kind of a skinny county um, that runs through Atlanta.
0: Okay. So I'm trying to look because my brother-in-law, they live in Cumming right now.
2: Just just south of Cumming is uh, Milton. So Milton and Alpharetta and Cumming, they all kind of come together. They're off of the 400 corridor.
0: So what you're saying is there really shouldn't be a reason for us not to see each other the next time I'm up there.
1: Yeah, you're talking like maybe an exit or two.
0: Although I may have to be going up to Talking Rock because that's where the actual cabin is, where we have the annual family reunion. So instead of going up towards coming, I may have to be going up 575, up to Talking Rock. That would be my only excuse.
1: Is that what was um, pictured on the beginning of the podcast? Yes,
0: it was. That's the cabin. It's beautiful. And that was... Quite the cabin. It is. And it is... It is quite a bit out of the way. It is not like you're just going to go down, take a left, and there you are. It's once you get to... The talking rock uh, outside of Jasper, it's its probably three-quarters of a mile or a mile up a mountain. And if it's in the middle of winter, I don't know if I can drive up or down. It is is—it is some scary sledding up there.
1: Yeah, I can imagine.
0: And you, yeah, you're in
1: the mountains up here.
0: Yeah, real mountains. Yeah. Real mountains. All right, so satellite high, you graduated, and then what happened?
1: So I moved over to um, Orlando, and um, that's where I met Vincent um, during our college days, and UCF, and Vincent was a rugby player. And, oh, um, rugby. Wait yep, a minute, and-
0: UCF had rugby?
2: We, UCF has uh, quite a good rugby club, uh, national champions for a few years. When I was there, we were state champions. Um, it was a pretty young club at the time. I, um, I'll give you a little bit of my uh, beach background. I actually beat Renee down to the beach. I was down in Indian Harbor Beach and a student at Ocean Breeze Elementary School. Oh, wow. Um, I'm originally from New York City and in the sixth grade, I went Back to New York to live with my dad, so Renee and I missed each other um, uh, in Orlando. But
1: Vincent knew Elise. He went to school with Elise. Oh,
0: really? Okay. Yeah. Elise Tedeschi Roth, or Roth Tedeschi. Mm-hmm.
1: Tedeschi. I get it back. And so when we were when we were all in college, we we met. Back up at some event and and Elise, of course, knows all the details. She can remember everybody, and she's like, Yeah, Vinny, we went to school together.
0: Wow. That's a that's a pretty small world because listen, Satellite Beach, Indian Harbor Beach, Indian Atlantic, those are places that you really shouldn't be crossing paths if you're coming from Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia, and New York.
2: New York. <laughs> Yeah. It was an arranged marriage, pretty much.
0: And I came by the way of the Air Force. My dad was in the Air mm-hmm. Force, so we settled at Patrick Air Force Base. And I went to Holland Elementary, Dolores Junior High, and Satellite. Fun you were times up
2: in, in North Satellite Beach.
0: Yes, <laughs> North Satellite Beach. Yep, we were we were over the uh, over the wall from the schools.
1: <laughs> well, I I was right at Sea Park Elementary.
0: Oh, okay.
1: If you know where Sea Park is. I do. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right, so you guys met at UCF and by the way, I should be you guys probably don't make it down for games or whatever, but I think I'll be making a UCF game in November. I've already coordinated with our good friend Mr. Satellite Beach Nino Federico. And uh, I believe Dave Becker, Mike Otwell, is going to be making an appearance for those of you from Satellite. And I'll be bringing a buddy of mine, and we should be going to see. I forget who they're playing. I think it's the Yukon game, so the week before Thanksgiving. So anybody. It should be a
1: good time. Yep.
0: Yeah. So. In the bounce house. Is that what it's called, the bounce house? Yes. Yes. All right.
1: We went back. Vince had a rugby reunion, and we went and we saw a great game.
2: Yeah, it was uh, Blake Bortles' senior year. The team was uh, actually a very good team, UCF uh, football that year. And uh, we went back for, um, I think it was the 25-year rugby reunion, something like that, 20-year rugby reunion. And uh, it was a good time. Good well, time. Vince and
1: I were amazed at the transformation of the campus. You know, when we were there, there was lot parking lots. And now there's like a theater, a Starbucks, Barnes and Noble, you know, dorms are on the actual premises. The -hmm. stadium was amazing. And now it's the largest attended school in the nation. Who knew?
0: Isn't that something? A lot of our places, so UCF was like that. So the school that I went to at the time was Palm Beach Atlantic College, and they were maxing the student capacity at 1500.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: So I don't know what the population is now, but now it's a university. And of course they've, I think they're in the probably 15 to 20,000, which is, I mean, not big by college standards, but when you're talking a tiny little school back then uh, to grow in the town of uh, West Palm beach, literally right there on the Intracoastal, pretty interesting. So, and our dorm was off campus. And it was a battle to make it from campus to camp, or from the dorm to campus, uh, to avoid not being jumped, robbed, beat up. Oh
1: wow! <laughs>
0: and that was the rats getting out of the dorm. So,
1: <laughs>
0: so we have all come a long way, baby.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. So you met in Orlando. And did the uh did the love just
2: blossom there? Love at first sight, Marv. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Okay. Renee does a better job telling the story than I do.
1: Oh, Marv. So <laughs> well <laughs>
2: Okay.
0: Oh, do we need a drink before we get started with this?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there needs to be something a little bit stronger in my well, here. we
0: do have somebody that has said, uh, to give you a little boost, go UCF Knights charge on. So there you go, hey,
1: Ronnie. Um, yeah, so Vincent and I actually, I would say met through others. Um, my college roommate went to school with his older sister. Um, I came to know his, his, um, family before I knew him. And when he first moved down to go to school, he came to one of our parties at our apartment complex, which was called Reflections off of 436. Um, and anyways, we had the radio station there. It was a big party. That was the type of that was the type of place we lived in. <laughs> and so Vince wait a minute, after- the
0: type of place where the radio station would come to promote yeah. your parties. I
1: mean, no, you know we had great parties and the radio stations would be there and we had an enjoyable time and um, we tended to have, you know, people over to visit Okay. Probably because of that. And so the first night that he moved to town, we were having said such event and um, Vincent joined us. And so anyways, we became friends. All three of us were new to Orlando at the time and we kind of palled around and went to various events and functions and um
2: yeah we were friends you skipped the best part of the story of by the way happy birthday mom and, and uh so my mom introduced us and so renee got to meet wait 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 wait, before, wait wait
0: wait 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 wait, wait! wait go, go back your mom was at the party
2: no she wasn't at the party <laughs> but she but she uh, introduced us i moved um back to florida to get in state school rates um because uh, my mom still lived there, and so when uh, Kathy, um, Renee's roommate, you know, and my mom were knowing each other, because Kathy was my sister's best friend growing up, and my sister graduated from Satellite High School, and and so the, so my, uh, so Kathy would ask, you know, my mom, well, oh, what about any and Renee, you know, before I had moved down there. Mm. And, and what was my mom's response?
1: And Marianne would say, Oh no, Renee's much too mature for my Vinnie.
2: Which is still true today.
0: <laughs> but the seeds were planted.
1: So, yeah. So she actually, Vince's mom actually became one of my very best friends. And, um, I was 17 years old when I moved over there, and um, she actually was my first co-sign. She co-signed for me on my first apartment, and we were very close. And we spent a lot of time together, and um, you know, when then Vince was moving down, and Kathy was trying to play cupid. You know, she was like, "Oh no, Renee's much too mature." And um, but, anyways, after we, we we did obviously eventually marry. It took about five and a half years for us to walk down the aisle. Um, we were we were very close friends. Um, we dated. We tried to date, and um, he probably doesn't like this story. And I told him if he was the last man on earth, I'd never marry him. <laughs> so who got the last laugh? I guess it would be him. But um, you know, he had a friend um, that was interested in dating me, and so he the friend asked permission, and Vince was like, "I don't care what you do." And um, then he had to put in this big hard play to like win my affection. So we've been together ever since. So,
2: all right, well, it's like it all took was a little competition, Marv. I thrive <laughs> on competition. I see. <laughs> it's well, it Hints, it...
1: hence why it's instead of .dot com, it's .dot win. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's nothing wrong with that. Got to throw that little reminder in every time, right? That's. Uh... He won. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's how it works. All right. So, who's got the phone going off? Can you hear it? Yep,
2: I hear. Everything. Not me. Mark. I hear everything. Not me,
0: I hear the. I hear the pen clicking or the mouse clicking or whatever's going on.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I tried to decline it, and it's someone that I let them know that I was going to be on the podcast at this time. That's but, probably why yeah. they're.
0: That's probably why they're calling or texting. What are you, what are you doing? What's a podcast? (laughs) What are you getting my Vinny into? (laughs) Exactly. Um, all right. So let's see, what do we want to go to now? Do we want to talk about, um, actually, you know what? Let's talk about this because I I don't, I don't want to get focused all on Frappaport. Let's uh, talk about Vinny. Vinny, you also host a podcast.
2: I do, yes, i'm a co-host of a podcast called "Meet the New Boss," and "Meet the New Boss" is a leadership podcast, and we talk leadership and the music that influenced the leaders and i I do it with a guy named Jeff Niebuhr. Jeff and I worked together in the in the late '90s. He was an internal customer for me at Alltel Information Service. And I was um a recruiting lead at the time. And we kind of stayed in touch a little bit. We, you know, probably a decade later, we went for dinner one night with um our wives. And, and then 2000, gosh, you know, 2017, all of a sudden he became a customer again. And then we started to get a little closer. And he said, hey, what do you think about doing a podcast? And I was like, no, I don't think so. You know, right myself speak sound like a drunk Sylvester Stallone I don't know if I want to digitize that for the world to listen to and he's like no no it would be great and uh so we started uh recording some conversations that we were having uh music and business and we had no idea what we were doing we still really have no idea what we're doing but uh we were able to complete uh season one of meet the new boss and and uh, next week uh season two gets launched and we have uh uh, a bunch of great business leaders as guests uh, works out well for uh, Renee and I for Renee Vincent executive placement, because uh, as I get to meet, you know, interesting candidates and we strike up conversations, music is a great conversation to have. And, and most people have a music interest. And one of my favorite guests was uh, is a CEO of called Federos and, you know, we had we were speaking about uh, a business opportunity, and you know, he had mentioned we started talking music. He had mentioned he had a platinum record credential, and I never dug into it. But when we had him on as a guest at, at Meet the New Boss, he shared that he was uh, an assistant sound engineer for the night album, midnight madness, which is the album that has sister Christian and you can still rock in America and kind of all their, their kind of their big, their big album. And so that was an awful lot of fun to, to talk night Ranger with him. Nice music that we know.
0: Now, do you get a lot of your guests from previous relationships in your businesses before Renee Vincent?
2: Yeah. So, you know a lot of them are, are are relationships that emerge through the business, so as we start to you know build relationships with people, um you know for whatever reason uh you know depending upon their background something interesting they've done that's kind of where Uh, we'll start the conversation about doing something with a podcast. Now it's almost kind of become referrals. So former guests who have been on it, will meet someone and they'll be like, Oh, you, you got to get on with Vince and Jeff on meet the new boss and talk music and, and business. So, so the referrals are starting to to come in as well. That's good.
0: Now your business, let's go back a little bit. So you graduated I believe with a master's of business administration. Am I close? Well, it's a bachelor's. Bachelor's, okay. Uh,
2: bachelor's in business administration from the University of Florida, and and went right into the recruiting industry. Right at you know, first job at a school for one of the real big recruiting firms. Business perspective, and and worked um, you know five years um, as a young professional for that company. Um, went off and, and did a few, well, went off and did a few other things. And, and, uh, when we, um, you know, actually did a career transition in the early 2000s to, uh, commercial real estate. And the guy that hired me out of college for that big company, who was an executive with that firm, uh, ended up becoming, my um, deep pockets investor for real estate. So I basically continued to work for him for about another decade and, um, And after the real estate collapsed during the Great Recession, I went back into recruiting. And then uh, along the way here more recently, uh, talked Renee into doing it with me. And uh, it's been fantastic. She's actually uh, better than I am uh, pretty quickly.
0: Well, that seems pretty interesting. So, Renee, your background wasn't in recruiting. So how did he talk you into it and where did he drag you from?
1: (laughs) Well, so my my career began in the financial services industry, supporting C suite executives, and um, I became a, a basically a mortgage lender. And um, as doing that, um, you know, just had the opportunity to to grow my connections and. When he had been wanting to start a business together, he kept trying to figure out what we could do that we could also eventually go mobile with, with all of our kids, you know, not having to worry about staying put in a particular place or if we wanted to travel and that type of thing. And so, especially during COVID, it became very apparent that people could work remote and do it well. So um, he came home one day and he, he'd been uh, kind of approaching me about various different business plans and different um, ideas and thought processes. And he came home one day and he says, I've got it. I know what we should do. And I know what we should name the business. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And, you know, so he told me and he says, and we're going to name it Renee Vincent. So for the first time I said, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> so anyways, so that's how we began um, Renee Vincent. And so my clientele was a little bit different than Vincent's because he it's more in your your lane, um, IT, um, that kind of thing. And I tend to be a little bit more on the financial services side of things. But um, we also work with private equity. And so within that, we have a lot of diversity um, in the people that we place.
0: All right. So roads have finally merged and starting this. Now, Vince, what was it that just, you know, ate away at you and said, we've got to do this.
2: Well, you know, so having a big family, you know, we had, uh, you know, you know, all these kids are, you know, we have five girls and and a boy, our son, Victor, who's a young man. He's uh, getting ready to turn 26 years old, you know, and he has cerebral palsy and he's in there. And, you know, we had a very full house and busy household and when we, when kids started leaving the nest and, you know, for people who come from larger families, they can appreciate this, that when we were down to two in the house, Victor and our youngest, it felt like being empty nesters going from six to two, right? And like, oh, well, you know, this is, uh, we have all sorts of free time now. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, and so, uh, I, I just started kicking around years ago. I started kicking around ideas of like, Hey, we should go to a, uh, um, a franchise show and see what they're pushing for franchises. Or, you know, Renee often speaks about buying a, a vacation home down beachside back in, in, in the uh, satellite uh, area. And, and I was like, you know, even if we move back down there and, you know, you did, you know, mortgages and I got a real estate license because I was a developer and a broker in my previous career. If I got a real estate license, we can refer people to each other. Now I'm sure we can scratch out living, uh, down there, because it is somewhat a sleepy town from a business perspective. And, and so we, we've been talking for years about different things. And, and then when COVID hit and, you know, we had this big family and we have grandchildren to kind of do the things that, you know, we want to do for our family, I, I started beating the drum of being an entrepreneur again. And I was like, hey, you know, I need to be an entrepreneur. I I think I want to head down the path of executive recruiting. And it's something I had looked into in the past. And I started thinking about names and, you know, I was looking for something that was going to inspire me. I just wasn't feeling inspired. Right. And when it first happened, we had kind of like a soft reopening, you know, four weeks after the lockdown and. My son Victor uh met a friend at the mall and like Chick-fil-A was the only open in the mall. And we went, you know, I took him there and they're hanging out talking and it literally just hit me, Marv, like Renee Vincent, right? That's the name of the business. And and you know, I went home and, and pitched it to Renee and unbelievably she said, Yeah, that sounds good. And uh, and so uh, we start we started business planning and incorporated and just started moving moving the needle right and uh, and made it come to life.
0: All right. Now Renee mentioned that you came from my neck of the woods uh, in the IT sector. So what exactly were you doing for the IT industry? Was it similar? Where you were doing you know the higher end tech executives,
2: business owners. Well, well, I did a bunch of different things, so I started my career in kind of the g uh recruiting right so placing contractors that's the early part of my career uh ended up in ninety eight going internal um for all teleinformation information systems services and you know everything that we hired for in that business I I supported and and then I ended up going back after the real estate thing went back into the agency software engineers you know dot net java you know full stack back end front end ux ui you name it I was doing it and we are replacing uh contractors and and then from um, a relationship I had with uh, a CTO at a business we worked at together he recruited me over to a company called Promethean uh, folks may be in You're familiar with Promethean, front of classroom, global technology company. So um, it was an education technology company, and I ran their global talent acquisition. And Promethean was a publicly traded company on the U.K. exchange that got delisted and purchased by uh, a Chinese company. And over the course of that happening, there was a bunch of executive changeover to then eventually getting a new CEO, which led to executive changeover again. And I'd come home and say, you know, can you believe we're paying, you know, a recruiter in Singapore, you know, $125,000 to find a, a country manager for Singapore? And I was like, I told my boss, you give me the one hundred twenty-five I'll go and I'll bring the guy back with me, right? <laughs> you know, the uh, – and so uh, – but the fees were pretty significant on the um, – C-suite side of the business. And, you know, as I uh, learned more and more about it, it was pretty similar from an operations perspective of what we were doing uh, when I was in the agency side doing um, individual contributors in technology. And so I just started researching it. I went out and I interviewed a bunch of you know, executive recruiters, like, hey, man, like, tell me about your business. What do you do? How do you do it? You know, how does it really work? And uh, did a bunch of that became really interested in in that opportunity, stayed, you know, I transitioned from Promethean and stayed in the kind of the contract uh, individual placement business. I ran a branch office for a national company. Uh, I ran their Atlanta marketplace. And, but, you know, kind of, had this executive recruiting bug in my mind and and that eventually uh, came to life with Renee and I all
0: right so Renee Vince says that you're much better at this than he is so let's go ahead and do a quick description what is Renee Vincent specifically and what do you target and how does it work
1: well Renee Vincent is a retained search placement organization, and we specialize in the director level and above. And I think the reason why he says that, you know, I'm better at this already than he is, is because I tend to have always worked in that space of the C-suite where, you know, he was working a lot more with the individual contributors. So my relationships and my comfort comfort level um, with the decision makers for an organization are, are very easy for me. And um, with that and with Vincent's um, background and business knowledge and working globally, um, you know, we've had the opportunity to just slide right into that. And, you know, we work nationally and globally um, with executive leaders and help them. We also use, I think um, you, might have, you, you might be aware, we're going to talk about this maybe a little bit more later in the week, but the Predictive Index suite of tools, um, it gives us an advantage when we're talking with hiring managers in regards to exactly the type of individual and candidate they're looking for and then it enables us to work with those candidates to find out what their drivers are in the workplace so that we can ensure there's a, a good match um, especially from a cultural standpoint as well.
0: Yep, I actually took my predictive index thingamabobby the other day.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're
0: going to you're going to help me uh if I were ready to hire an executive, we would going to do it, right?
1: Right. So we'll talk about that in our next show. And we'll talk about um, why it's important and how that it works and how it can be a, a really um, wonderful additional tool when you are hiring. And um, it can help bring self-awareness to leaders um, for themselves and how they communicate with other peers and or team leads. Um it's, it's, it's really a, it's really a great suite of tools can help you see where people sit in an organization and sometimes they're not sitting in the right spot. They might need to be moved over a little bit, um, you know, or else you can hone in and say, this person is really dynamite in this particular seat and we need to give them more reign um, to allow them to do more. Right. Um,
0: so. All right. So we'll go more into this. On, the
2: go, go ahead, Vince. Um, wait. What we're doing is, uh, the predictive index measures one of the things that measures is formality and attention to detail. And Renee is uh, super high attention to detail. And the, you know, when she gets on a phone or a video call with an executive, her high level of detail and getting information from them ends up building, um, a great rapport with the exec. And so it's a, it's a different type of recruiter experience that, that they've had before. And I think, you know, to really appreciate the, the level of detail that she goes through and, and to make tell a guy, so I, you know, I, details frustrate me. And so I, uh, I'm, I tend to be much quicker and a higher level uh, in my conversation attention to detail Um, with Renee and her ability to make people feel warm and like she's been their friend for some fast success for her. And it's been impressive. All
0: right. So I was just getting ready to say, so we're probably going to go into more detail on Wednesday, but one of the things that's different in what you do from what other people may think of as executive search forms is that you're not just compiling a bunch of resumes or dossiers to send out to people when they have a job opening, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're building relationships. What's, what's really important to us is it's not transactional. That's how we're doing things different than a lot of, as Vincent mentioned, contingency search organizations. We're, we're really about the long term. Right. Not just from a client relationship, but from a candidate relationship, because, you know, I have candidates that turn into clients. You know, if I place a candidate, they like the way that I worked with them. They're in a position to hire. They're coming back to me to hire when they need it, if that makes sense. So it's really um, about building long term relationships. And the truth is, we all work with people who we enjoy working with. So if you can build a rapport, if you can build a trust in a relationship relationship, It's super important, and um, we really work hard at building a best-in-class organization so that we can build those relationships so that we do have that repeat business and that long-term relationship.
0: So if you see me stretching out over here, it's kind of funny. Today, of all days, I got a solicitation email out of the blue from, I'm not going to name the company, On air. But, hi Marvin, does your hiring process consist of proven practices or just a hodgepodge of activities that get into gear when someone says, I need more people, or Sally has left and we need someone to take her place now? And this is basically a webinar invitation to go over the topic of behavioral interviewing. Hiring the right people with the right skills for the right position.
2: Yeah, behavioral-based interviewing is, uh, I'm a believer in, in behavioral-based interviewing. That probably is not going as deep as doing something like behavioral profiling that we're doing with candidates, but uh, you know it, it'll be questions like, so Marv, when you're interviewing a guest, give me an example where you had a really difficult guest and you had to get them under Interviews, you know, the, the everyone's nervous, right? And everyone, it's it's typically a part-time job for the hiring manager. Every once in a while, they have to hire. It's part-time for the interviewer because they're, you know, working, and then all of a sudden they have to interview. And, and in most cases, candidates will start giving a, a generic answer. And so, in behavioral-based interviewing, you will redirect them. Specific and give specific examples, and so to find past behaviors are leading indicators of future behaviors.
0: All right, we will definitely get more into that on Wednesday. Now you don't even need to go to that seminar. You just
2: got it. In I just, seconds.
0: I'm good. <laughs> so uh, we will definitely dive into that on Wednesday and uh, learn all about that process. So, guys, thank you very much. So. Uh, we've got a few minutes here, so is there anything else you want to get in tonight's show as opposed to Wednesday show? Any personal details that we left out that you want to go back and revisit? Frappeport.
1: What do you want me to share, Marv? <laughs> I'm just asking.
0: You just look like you're. You're. Yeah. It looks like you're holding on to something.
1: Well, I mean, I'm holding on to a pen.
0: I don't know. And say because
1: I'm a note taker. Say hello
0: That's to. My- say hello to Mary Deerdorf.
1: Hey Mary
2: Herdorf. <laughs> De Bruin. Um oh, well, I'll you, ask you a question, Marv. Go ahead. How about uh, music for you? Since we mentioned Meet the New Boss, are you uh has music uh influenced you in the past and what kind of music did you grow up listening to? We're both children of the eighties. Oh,
0: that's a loaded question. So I will describe myself as a music connoisseur. Basically, I can listen to just about any type of music. Don't ask me why. And my wheelhouse right now has been new country. Don't know All how right. that happened. But growing up, I actually listened to everything from Iron Maiden, Ozzy, Sticks, Foreigner,
1: Love Boy.
0: Yeah, we're well, not big on loverboard. You know, uh John John Bon Jovi when he started out. Um but I, I did everything. I was a big fan of musicals. And I actually now I went through a classical phase, um, uh, which actually morphed more into jazz, so I like jazz. And I have it,
1: to bring up Vincent that he was part of the Tin Tones, which is was, was the music group at Satellite High School. Yes,
0: I was. Yes. Nice. so he
1: he is a gifted singer.
0: I was a gifted singer. That voice has left me.
2: I think <laughs> you got a little bit of Barry White in you. Well, Space darling,
0: can't get enough of your love, babe. So,
2: yeah, so that's the
0: music. Now, you you know, for your show, I would you know, I meant to ask you off air uh, because you guys do play some snippets on your podcast. That's a lot of money to pay for music on a podcast. If you're posting it to YouTube and Apple, are you guys doing that?
2: No, we're not doing that. Yeah, so uh, we you... we we stay off the radar. We did some research on on the uh, kind of the concept of if you're if you're talking about it, and we typically will only play a few seconds of of music. We and from everything we had, um, I had a, a guest on it. And he, I was talking to this gentleman on a video call, right? So everything is video calls now and he had a music stand behind him. So I was like, Hey, what's the story with the music stand? And he was a, uh, a French hornist. And so he played in orchestras and, and he was a classical French hornist. And we interviewed him on the podcast. And one of my favorite moments, him describing how he got into classical music was young was really cartoon music and bugs bunny music which you know ended up being classical music and i was like i'm so glad you said that cuz i was literally sitting here thinking to myself when you were talking about the conductor and how a conductor organizes an orchestra and the perfection that goes into to doing those kinds of things i was envisioning bugs bunny being the conductor in the amphitheater where the opera singer was literally bringing down the amphitheater and we were able to find that snippet of sound on, uh, on uh, the internet and put that little snippet of sound in there from Bugs Bunny. So it's, it's a lot of fun stuff like that, that we add to the conversation. And, and, uh, but we do talk a lot of um, uh, business best practices, leadership best practices, things that uh, inspire leaders and uh, and how music has influenced them.
0: Well, good questions. Do you guys ever have the guests turn around and ask you questions about what influenced you and what things do you like?
2: Oh, well, you know, we typically let them know. So, you know, we're, you know, we're somewhat music geeks ourselves. I, you know, I grew up in the suburbs of New York city. So I grew up with the same musical influences that you, you did, you know, I was kind of a, a kiss army guy. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I also was introduced to, um, Broadway, because every year we had field trips into Manhattan and would see a matinee of different Broadway shows, and so I ended up being a lover as well, um, you know. And so I, I, I have a somewhat of a diverse background in music, but um, but you know, I am a, I am a Kiss Army geek, and, and the guy that co-hosts with me, he's a couple of years younger than me, so he's more of a Uh, R.E.M., Beastie Boys, guy. So we we figure out how to work our favorite music into just about uh, in any conversation as we as we talk music.
0: All right, uh, Frapp, you got quiet there. Do you not engage in the music chat?
1: Well, I mean, he hasn't had me as a guest on his podcast yet. Well, um, are
0: are you are you in <laughs> tune with your musical side enough to be a guest on his podcast? Well, yeah,
1: I I actually send him um, leads for guests, so. I mean, you know, I, I, I personally, I played the alto saxophone. I was in the jazz band, you know, all of that. Um, you know, so I do have some musical. I guess
0: we had a jazz band at Satellite. A Delora. Oh, at Delora. Okay.
1: Yeah, I kind of gave up that marching band thing at Satellite because you know, couldn't have a bad hair day or anything. Um, but it was hot out there. I have no idea the, what you're the, talking the about. Florida <laughs> Um. But, yeah, no, um, you know, obviously, Vincent and I's music tastes are a little bit different. You know, I was more of a – I enjoyed – my classical music was more Billy Joel or Fleetwood Mac or, you know, things like that. But, um, you know, I was the Madonna girl growing up up, listening to Madonna. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Deborah Gibson?
1: No, I wasn't a Deborah Gibson fan. But, I mean, Vincent and I have been to a number of different concerts – We've seen Billy Joel and Elton John and Pink Floyd. And, of course, we've had to go to a couple of KISS concerts. And, you know, so we're pretty diverse, I think, in general. And I'm a lover of classical music as well.
0: What about Celtic Woman?
2: No. No Celtic Woman.
0: No. No Irish. No old Danny boy.
2: We did you know, do a, uh, an Irish episode where we taught St. Patrick's Day music. You know, for me, so, you know, i big Martin Scorsese fan. Okay. And so in the movie The Depotted, right, they have the Dropkick Murphys, you know, shipping me back to Boston. And so I, I turned my whole family on to that song, had the kids listening to that when they were youngsters, and that would be some music i for them. So we'd be cranking out um, some Dropkick Murphys. Um, but, uh, you know, I, you know, I was going to say you're, uh, you know, talking rock, Georgia, You hanging out in talking rock, Georgia, you got new country on the radio.
0: Yeah. But we're, we're at the cabin and so the family isn't as into music as I am. So yeah, we're usually playing cornhole and <laughs> Chatting. That's all they that's that's what they like to do. They have to sit around and chat and tell old stories. You know, He's like con- like country people do. <laughs> but they're not country people, they're all from Ohio. So I always have to say that. But a small town in Ohio, a smaller town than Satellite Beach even. No way. Yes, way. Yes, when I first went up there for the first time, let's just say this their main street was basically a one a from like uh satellite to Patrick air force base. It was, air it force was, base.
2: it was about, that was, that was it. So small, small town, small, all right. Takes all types. Yeah. I took Renee up to uh, New York early in our relationship and it was a, um, It was, well, not that really, because we were married for a few years, but it was uh, a beautiful uh, autumn week. It was first weekend in October and we went for a walk in the area I lived, which was the suburbs of New York City in the foothills of the Appalachians. And, and it was the time leaves were orange and red. And Renee was like, gosh, I had no idea how beautiful it was here. She's like, do you ever think like moving back here? And I was like, Renee, if we take this walk in January, you'd be like, how did you ever live here?
0: <laughs> yes. Winter. Dead of winter. So, we're so now we live in now. Georgia,
1: where we just have the change of seasons. We actually um, had the weather temperatures drop here. The leaves are rustling.
2: It gets
0: cold, It gets, in, nice. it gets cold in Georgia. I know.
2: Did we put the heat on this, uh, this the night before last for the first time this season? Very well. All right, so we will talk more about
0: that. Um, let's go ahead and end off the live portion of the show. Those of you that are watching, thank you very much for chiming in, including you, Mary, with your singing comment. Uh, thank you, votes, for tuning. Uh both Uncle Marv and Podnuts Pro. We will be back on Wednesday where we will do a much more deeper and technical dive into C level recruiting and we're going to review my predictive index and see if I know how to hire, right? Is that kind of how it works? <laughs> you you well, tell me the right of. type of person. We'll, to- we'll, we'll, walk, we'll walk you through that.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. We'll, so we'll, we'll, we'll- We'll teach you about, um, about your workplace drivers, your strengths and your needs, and how those relate to behaviors in the workplace, and how we use that in regards to honing in on candidates to ensure that there's a proper match for an organization and a candidate.
0: All right. Should be a very good episode. Uh, hopefully not too much telling of my leadership style, but we shall see. <laughs> so, all right. So, Renee and Vincent,
1: Thank you for having us, Marv. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, Marv.
0: It's been great. Sorry, I was looking at your name to make sure I pronounced it right again. So Kat and Zaro.
2: There it is. It's the capital city of Calabria, Marv. If you ever forget it, just pop a map of Italy. Yeah,
0: I'm not going to remember that. Um, it's going to be Frappaport and her husband, Vince.
1: There that you works. go. <laughs> that works for me. I'll <laughs> do it here. <laughs>
0: So um, let's get ready to end off the show here. I'm going to go ahead and start the music to get us out. And uh, we shall see you all back here on Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Head over to PodNutsPro.com or UncleMarv.com. Thanks for listening.